This show is brought to you by Slice on Broadway. Supporting Pittsburgh podcasting with the perfect pepperoni pizza, SliceOnBroadway.com. And listeners like you, support this show at Patreon.com slash AwesomeCast. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Hey guys, it's time to get awesome, get geeky. It is the awesome cast on Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on the Twitter here in the Mayhem Studios in Pittsburgh, PA. The show where we like to talk technology and fun gadgets in the internet with people around Pittsburgh that are involved in such things. Of course, I am a video producer here in the Pittsburgh area in our wonderful studio here in the Beachview neighborhood. On the line from Studio C, he is a gadget guru at Big Bank International Incorporated. He is John Chichilla. Hey, how's it going on this fine Tuesday? Good to see you guys. Oh, I love the the, the, the the time change. We got light coming in that window, and sometimes we can see the traffic going by when we're, when we're getting good enough of reception over there. Uh, so it's it's good to see. It's good to see. Uh, also with us, a special guest, first time ever on the awesome cast. He's got a cat to join him over there. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny Chen joined us. He's a program director at Ascender. Ascender, we recently talked to on the awesome chat. Very pleased to be here. This is an awesome setup you've got here. Awesome. Thanks for joining us here in studio. Uh, for those, for the uninitiated, maybe they haven't checked out the inter- interview yet, uh, tell people what Ascender's about real quick. Yeah. Uh, Ascender used to be Thrill Mill. Um, it's a, um, Thrill Mill was a startup incubator that started in 2013. Um, in November of last year, so November 2016, we moved over to a new space, rebranded, um, opened up some strategic partnerships. And now we're not just a startup incubator, we're also a co-working space and event space. Um, we continue to be an economic development organization for the region, um, raising the tide for entrepreneurs. And we also produce the annual Thrival Innovation and Music Festival. That's awesome. So, and you're the program director. You, I know you're always involved whenever we're with work hard doing live streams and events and everything. You're the one always running around <laughs> making sure everything's good. So <laughs> it's, it's the life. Uh, yeah. So, um, so far I've mostly been focused on strategic partnerships, um, mm-hmm. working with other organizations throughout the region. We see ourselves or we try to position ourselves as a resource for any organization or entrepreneur that's just trying to do something cool in the region Mm -hmm. and leverage our network or our expertise to make sure that that's successful. So I've had a good set of opportunities to work with great organizations in the region with their initiatives. And as of 2017, I've been focused more um, externally. Um, I've been traveling around you know, a lot of cities. I think I'm hitting 16 cities in wow. these six months or so, running startup comp- competitions and going to conferences and those kinds of things, trying to bring investors and companies into the city and building on this awesome energy and momentum we've got going on here. Of course, a lot of those things we end up talking about, whether it be events or, or news that comes up around Pittsburgh, especially um, the IBM AIX Prize we talked a mm-hmm. lot of because, you know, filming with you guys, I was really impressed with a lot of the, a lot of the talks that, that happened there. Great. Uh, so, so I mean, this is the, one of the guys involved with, with helping bringing them to Pittsburgh and making a lot of these events happen. So keep an eye on, on Ascender. Sign up for the newsletter. I get, like, at least once a week there's something going on. Uh, I get news about, so which is really great to keep tabs. And Ascender's a name that's popping up a lot in the news um, around these new companies and everything. And it's kind of uh, it, it's, it's a really cool resource and another level of resource than what we talk about with our Alpha Lab and incubators and things like that. So please, uh, if you want to deep dive into that, we got a great interview um, uh, with a, with a, a, a with Bobby Zapala. Thank you, thank you, CEO thank you, and founder. Yeah. Yes, uh, uh, about that process, what they're doing over there. Uh, that's in the awesome chat feed, or you can go over to awesomecast.net to check that out. Uh, you can also check out everything else going on at awesomecast.net. Like I say, a lot of interviews like that from the awesome chat as well as past episodes of this, future episodes of this. Awesome tips. I swear I'm going to edit those last couple, chill and get those out the door any day now 
from what was that November we filmed that uh, and so much more subscribe to this show on the iTunes Stitcher Spreaker iHeart Radio and the video versions on the Facebook and the YouTube uh, pages for the awesome cast and of course the live action edition of the awesome cast happens every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern at live.awesomecast.net and you can check out our streaming partners, RiversEdgePGH.com and as well as, well as 405Media.com. Uh, two great guys that are carrying us uh, and have great talk, local music, especially with the River's Edge. Uh, has great local Pittsburgh music. Want to support them and thank them for supporting us along here as well. Uh, keep an ear out. The talks have been continuing for our new gaming podcast, Awesome Cast Gaming. Uh, final name to be determined. Uh, but if you have anything, let us know. What do you want to see out of Awesome Cast and Gaming? We have a lot of ideas in the works of, man, I guess more or less three new shows in the end when you think about it in some fa- some form that we're hoping to uh, have launched here by the summer. Look out for Look out for some special events. We might be doing some beta episodes here uh as we go into this but uh in, in the meantime you know thank to our, thanks to our friends that are supporting us on patreon.com patreon.com slash awesome cast uh you can uh, support us there as well get some extra uh our awesome cast gold I, I'm, I'm used to the other show saying that uh as well as the state of the awesome cast and matt weller is the coffee club level uh at the five dollar level on mike Fedor, uh, Mike Fedor show on the Twitter as well at the $1 fan of the show level. Thank you so much. These guys have been supporting us for a good long time, uh, putting a bit into the show and uh, giving back, and we really, really do appreciate it. Now it's time for our awesome things of the week. Chilla, what is Samsung doing? Is it, with the event's coming up tomorrow. And it's funny because I actually, for some weird reason, I thought it was today. Um, <clears throat> and I actually went and scouring the internet i'm like how do i tune into this thing and it's actually tomorrow um so samsung's doing their unpacked event um they did the same thing kind of last year did a little bit of world mobile mobile congress and then started to trickle out after that news cycle in their own event which a lot of companies have been been doing as in the last couple years um Obviously, this, the Galaxy S8 will be a big device, so I'm sure we'll hear a lot of that. They'll be announcing their next AI, Bixby, which will be interesting to see how they kind of compare that with Google's embedded piece. I was surprised, and if you scroll down at the bottom of that um, thing, there's actually apps for both Android and iOS, so you can tune in. I hmm. think we're going to see more out of the 360 line. I think we're going to see a follow-up to um, the the Gear 360 headset um, and the Gear and the the 360 camera. I think we're going to see maybe an enterprise version of that. So I think it's going to be an overall interesting event. I think it'll show us, you know, what they've taken into account. You're going to see a redesign of their device. No more home button, which they're one of the last companies to leave the home button on the Android platform. Um, like I said, I think it's going to be a lot of interesting content coming out of them. Some's going to be catch up. Some's going to be new. Keeping in mind, they, they do a spring release cycle and a lot of others do the fall release cycle. So I'm also interested to see what they do as far as additional, you know, windows announcements there. I was, I was talking to, to one of their guys about, um, their new dock. So they're going to, there's information out there on the on the interwebs that have leaked that show their their version of a dock with USB ports and power and all kinds of fun and charging um, that lets you turn the Android device kind of into a, a desktop type experience with keyboard, mouse, etc. When you think about Android, it does adapt itself well to that that mouse and keyboard type type thing so i'm interested to see where they take that and see see what kind of traction they get across the market with it cool i it's always interesting to see you know yeah like i said what what and i know you're, you're you get a lot of hands-on with with samsung in particular and and the, the, they really are the strongest android brand um you know between 360 between vr i mean they're just kind of the go-to aren't they so yeah, and it, it, I'm really interested to see where they take the. We covered the controller that they're going to have with the VR. Um, I was told that it's more than likely you're going to need the new headset to use the new controller. Um, 
but I'm interested to see where they take that and where they where they integrate that in with their with the games and the different content. I also feel like it'll make the things like the web browser and some of the navigation within the device a lot easier and more adaptable for the users. When you think of other VR headsets, you see they have their controllers or you can use the mouse and keyboard with it. This kind of takes it to me to that next level. Mm-hmm. Be interesting. Uh, Kenny, are you, uh, what, what do you, well, first of all, big check. What kind of phone do you carry? This so I carry, iPhone. so I have, you're a iPhone. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but I mean, do you, are you seeing, like, do you keep an eye on what Samsung does as far as technology goes? I'm I'm always very curious as um, as to what's going on. I, I heard a story today about a lot of the um, refurbished Galaxy Sevens. I mean, mm-hmm. something like fourteen million of them that are being put out. Um, but then there's also the eight that's coming out. Um, you know, there's still um, you know, in, in despite scandals from exploding batteries and whatnot, it's clear that um, a lot of the technology that they're pushing out and how they and their their components end up being used in Apple products and you know a huge slew of other things. It's very interesting what they're working on. It's awesome, awesome, cool. Oh, sorry, Chiller, were you saying? No, I, I thought you were talking to me for a minute because I've actually I'm to the point now where every day at work I actually carry now I carry my iPhone and a, an Android device, Samsung Galaxy device. Um, I don't typically carry both when I'm outside of the workplace, but at work, because I need to reference both platforms so often, I do find myself carrying both devices at least eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm actually I'm actually interested. I don't know if you saw that one kind of sled case device that ran Android on the back of, of an <laughs> iOS device. That looked insane. It, it, it kind of saved me some some space in my bag. So um, I, I would think about that type of technology just to have both platforms with me at all times. But those are, no. So basically it's a case and is it, it, is it, is it you, you insert both phones and they share a SIM of sorts. Um, I think it can share a SIM if you want it to. Um, it can also run off the, if you just share, do Wi-Fi sharing, it has its own battery pack. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, pretty much meant to be an iphone case that the back side of the case instead of being a protective case it's actually an amoled screen and it had it's full-fledged android running on the back interesting interesting i i'd be curious to see how that goes in 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 um you know it, it, hands-on you know Mm-hmm. Jeez. All right. Well, my awesome thing is uh, something that adds a little bit of parody with my Android friends, actually. Uh, so it was announced that uh, Google's loca- location sharing feature uh, is, uh, I can say it's one you might actually use. Uh, so I, I, I'm really big on the location sharing. I actually have a, a persistent location sharing with my wife and my mother. Because my mother gets lost, and <laughs> it's always, instead of, you know, how, you know, I'm out driving on a job, and, and instead of uh, and especially when I was in traffic, you know, for going out for one gig, it, w- it would be like instead of "Hey, how soon will you be home?" She can just pull it up and say, "Okay, he's on the parkway. It'll probably be this long." And actually, you know, know what's going on. So we kind of cyberstalk each other, but with permission. But it's also nice for like, "Hey, you know, well, where are you down on the south side?" Uh, and you share and say, "Here, this is where I am. You know how far along I am." And it's a really nice tool. But it's been iPhone only, and it works very well on the iPhone. But you know, it's 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 fine with with families and everything. But as you know, Chella, you know, many of our fan friends have you know just a kind of a variety between between Android devices, usually a Samsung uh, phone. But anyways, uh, but uh, still, it, it's uh, it, it's been kind of a barrier. But um, so they've actually integrated this into Google Maps itself. So it is cross-platform, and I actually got to play with it a little bit before the show. And, Chilla, I think uh, we sent you a notification over there. You may not notice right away. So if you uh, click the little hamburger button in the upper left on your Google Maps um, app, and again, I'm on the iOS device now, uh, and you'll see a share location about three spots down. It's labeled new for the moment, and... uh, and I was able to pull up and share my location with multiple people. Um, for if it's people that you kind of interact with, like you know, on 
Google Hangouts and in Google as it is, they'll pop up as they usually do. Uh, Chachi and and now I know Ch- now everybody knows where Chachi is. Uh, and Chilla and and uh, and me and uh, and uh, we we can all kind of share locations here. So it's kind of nice so far. Um, and but it was weird because I couldn't bring Missy up, so I had to send a link. So did you click on the link or try that out at all? No. Oh, okay, but but that but still, like, just some some compatibility there uh, as well. So it, it, you know, if you aren't completely connected to anything like that, you did get a link. See me in maps. Let me see how this loads, and it actually loads up. It loads up pretty decently, just as as maps in. Wait, where's it going? I was going to support. So loaded for a moment. I saw where we were. It might be also weird because you're also in the same location as me too. So, well, it opens right up into uh, Google Maps and uh, and should supposedly connect you from there. So, um, I definitely recommend it if uh, you know. Again, kind of coordinating people, like if you're out in the town or something like that, and it's it's kind of a nice thing to check out. Or if you're like uh, uh, worried about the kids or, or 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 your parents finding you in the middle of the city, uh, it, it it helps. I think so. Uh, can oh, go ahead. Did, did Uber? Released something like this as part of their app as well, didn't didn't they? Did they? I, yeah, I think in Uber you can now say, kind of share my oh location share, like share my, my friends lo- share my location and then like like so you can say take an Uber to this location kind of thing. Yes, I, I think I did hear about something about that. Yeah, I, I think this is useful for those those cases where <clears throat> when you think about something like PodCamp or something like that. Where there could be after hours events or or pre or post events, right? You, you want people to be able to catch up with you if they can't if they're not starting on time with the rest of everyone. And I think I, 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 I or or I will say uh, uh, sorry. I've, I've noticed like you know driving Uber. You know I'm usually doing Friday Saturday night when everybody's out and about, right? And I notice mm-hmm. there's a lot of yeah. Meet me on the south side. We'll let you know what bar we're at, right? So mm-hmm. it's you know kind of a hey, we'll be in a general area catch up to me about where we end up right so yeah uh kenny what's your kenny what's your awesome thing of the week all right so i came with one but if it's okay for me to cheat and add a add a second one i guess guess. all right because uh because there's a story that just came out today and I'll, i'll try to keep both of them um short but uh one that i've been really excited about is um is also part of x prize which you mentioned but it's another competition other than the ai x prize and you know x prize has had 16 totals since its inception a while ago um but the the Qualcomm Tricorder X Prize is set to conclude early this year, and um, for for any Star Trek fans out there, I actually um, didn't really watch much TV growing up, and didn't really watch any any. Um, uh, Star Trek, but I at least know of the cultural significance of the tricorder, which is a you know handheld um, medical diagnostics device that can you know diagnose a wide range of medical conditions, record things, uh, just a lot of different functions in one handheld device. And so um, Qualcomm put $10 million behind this competition. Um, They started back in 2013. And um, since then, I think 312 teams applied. You had 29 of them that became semifinalists. And now they're down to the two finalists that are going to split this $10 million prize. Those two finalists are there because they're the only two that um, created the technology that actually meets all of the parameters of the competition, which are to be able to diagnose, I think, 13 different major medical conditions, and then also take in five different biometrical, uh, biometric, um, you know, vital signs, all without a trained, you know, medical professional with them. So this could have huge implications, um, whether it's in, um, First, re- first responder situations, um, you know, uh, developing countries, all sorts of things. So that's I don't know exactly when the decision's going to come out, but it, it's supposed to be early this year. Um, so, 
and I love that like all the updates yeah. are like Star Trek related too. Yeah, like like there's a, there's a Doctor's <laughs> view on on Star Trek Beyond the the movie mm-hmm. that came out last year. There was like five ways to suffer in Star Trek was one of them. <laughs> so uh, and, and it's really cool because there was a special on I think the Smithsonian Smithsonian Channel mm-hmm. like last year around the anniversary. And it was it was talking about you know how much of science has been informed by what we saw in Star Trek over the years, mm-hmm. right? I mean this tricorder idea, you know, uh, you know, because they saw it, and it was a plot device to get people moved around in Star Trek. We want to figure out transporters, for instance, <laughs> and then somebody somebody out there has figured out how to move a a, a molecule at least. You know, mm-hmm. from one space to another via a transporter type of concept, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's amazing, you know, the kind of the inspiration that happens from that. Absolutely. I mean, that um, that, that intersection between uh, reality and fiction and almost like that, that Sapir-Whorf hypothesis where, like, the language that we use and the ideas that we propagate um, change the nature of our reality or at least how we perceive the world, mm-hmm. Um you know, science fiction has been huge for um, for inspiring real life innovations, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you see in certain places around the city and in parks and all, all kinds of places, like the automated external defibrillators. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting if this was almost built into that because a lot of those, if you open them up to use them, obviously an alarm goes off, emergency services are, are alerted. It would be interesting if they almost integrated that same concept or the same tricorder right in with that so as you're potentially resuscitating or or saving someone's life it's also taking in additional diagnostics that's so all that information's ready Hmm. when those first responders show up so it's a really cool concept and actually i i didn't really even think about how that might be used in a publicly accessible kind of installed format i i remember you know as a kid going to drugstores and whatnot and the, having those arm things that you uh to, to measure your pulse and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff i had no idea what any of that meant but it was fun and and it was interesting and if even just for that reason people are like oh yeah i'm at walgreens i'm waiting to get my flu shot might as well tricorder myself and see what's going on um if it means people are more in touch with their kind of health um conditions and and that kind of stuff and are more interested then by all means and it's also been the you know idea that you know these the the phones that we carry around these supercomputers in our pocket compared to 50 years ago right like like that has a lot of stuff i mean we're getting you know a lot of health features in these Mm -hmm. right there's the health kit and everything like that so like and again it's not probably as high end as what they're trying to get in the in the x prize here but as a as a pure medical tool but the still like there's a lot that's been happening. A lot of things that it can track, like you're walking, like you know, connecting to other devices. You know, I mean, I have I have this. You know, now I have my heart rate. You know, mm-hmm. and I can take that and doctor can look kind of be like, oh, something weird happens every so often here. You know, like that persistent information that that uh, that wasn't available to us before. Um, what's your what's your second life changing uh, awesome thing of the week? <laughs> All right, so so the second one, um, I saw an article today from mm-hmm. an Elon Musk talk, and which um, are always interesting. Oh, <laughs> definitely, and and I think there had been you know some things um, some things in in the airwaves and whatnot about Neuralink, um, this new company that um, that Elon Musk has added to his his existing slew of you know, world changing, um, you know, technologies and, and whatnot, but essentially, um, Neuralink, the idea is that, you know, artificial intelligence is already poised to overtake, um, human cognitive limits, uh, within the next, whether it's five, 10 years, even three years. I, I don't know. Um, Elon Musk is well known to have, a lot of different concerns and opinions about um, the sustainability of human civilization, or at least the human beings within them as naturally occurring organic beings and whatnot um, in the face of massive AI um, advancement. And so the idea is that if we want to be able to keep up with things or still um, uh, yeah, to as, as humans, 
be able to keep up with um, those, we might have to find ourselves um, integrating um, our own brains and cognition with these kinds of systems. So I think Neuralink is a way of implanting small electrodes into the brain, grabbing very sophisticated um, you know, neural feedback and, and whatnot. And um, it's like IoT, but applied to our brains, like internet of brains or, or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know huh. if that term's been huh. coined yet, um, but you know, the, the whole sci-fi realm of being able to um, control things on your smartphone mm-hmm. and everything else connected with that purely through thought and whatnot. So he's got this whole uh, neural lace interface that um, I think he coined that, that neural lace term. Um, and it's still in the very, very early nascent stages of this. Um, but a lot of people probably wouldn't have expected this to be emerging prior to 2020. So, and this is one of those where you know we heard about Tesla when it came out. It's like, mm-hmm. well, what when the heck is this going to happen? You know, mm-hmm. or um, it's uh, it, 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 well, uh, Internet of Brain. Where are we getting at? Hey, <laughs> sorry, sorry. So we, 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 I think we got our title for the show. We're just narrowing <laughs> it down. Um, but uh, and and this isn't like a new concept. Like we already have, um, you know, people having replacement limbs that are controlled by brain signals right they have mm-hmm. to relearn how to do it but you know it, it this is a real thing uh and and you know seeing you know again if 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 elon musk is putting his money into it it's for it's pretty real um because he's he's been pretty pretty good about bringing all those things to the surface between this and solar and and, and automated cars and, and mm-hmm. spacex especially right always so. unlikely bets yeah i mean people yeah. who have bet hard against his ability to execute and he's been able to bring did he, did he, did he talk very specific did it come up the whole matrix idea in this talk that he had I no he didn't he didn't directly reference the matrix no, no. um but i mean you know it's easy enough to see how people made those links mm-hmm. and whatnot mm-hmm. um that, and that's kind of fresh that that, that that quote that came out about that so mm-hmm. um but hey he's kind of our our um our generation's mad genius that that has been doing some really really good things so it's good to see great to see um so i uh, chilla have you been following the story at all i did follow the story a little bit and i was the first thing that jumped into my head was is if you could kind of take the processing power of the human brain and it, it led me more down the the matrix rat hole um if you remember the screen savers you used to be able to install on your computer and when your computer was idle it would donate processing power to different yeah like SETI yeah yeah. like it would be interesting if you could do that so you could harness compute power off of the human brain while people slept is that still a thing because I I have so many computers I'd love to donate time for (laughs) Uh, that I don't know if that's still I I think you can still um, you know donate your computer off time towards uh, protein folding I mean that that was one of the early ones right yeah Um, I remember installing that on like my Windows 95 or like (laughs) Windows XP or or whatever it was Um, but now they've expanded that realm to Mm -hmm. a wide range of other kinds of um yeah resource intensive computing problems um i'm going to do a google search i'm kind of curious now, now you hold can sign up and, and donate your brain power <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i gotta eat a big meal i gotta donate some of this brain power here seven ways uh, i know we're going off script here but seven ways to donate computers un- unused processing power this is from 2015 and uh, just real quick I, I'm, I'm really kind of curious Where's come on? Give me the bullet points. There we go. Asteroids at home. Looking for the asteroids. It looks like. Um, okay. Uh, poem at home. Run by and this is a model protein folding as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlas at home, which will turn your computer into a vertical particle physics lab. Okay. Nice. Uh, MalariaControl.net. Run by Swiss Tropical Institute to uh, to model the transmission of malaria and its methods of control. Einstein at home is looking for astrophysical signals from spinning neutron stars called pulsars using data from a number of Earth-based and space-based detection mechanisms. Did you get all that? And it's probably for you. 
Quake Catcher Network turns your computer into a seismograph to enable more robust earthquake monitoring and ensure the safety of those who are in affected areas. Uh, funny thing, um, um, uh, what's the voting app that I have? Countable, I think it is. Uh, I think they were voting on whether the West Coast should have early warning uh, uh, methods for earthquakes and tsunamis. I hope they voted yes. Uh, <laughs> World Community Grid uh, is... IBM's World Community Grid uh, umbrella for a number of nonprofit projects addressing some of humanity's most pressing problems. So, so let's say kind of a wider thing. Bitcoin Utopia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's great when you talk to an IT guy and he's like, oh, yeah, that's my Bitcoin machine down there. So, which completely happened a couple weeks ago. So there you go. <laughs> wow. Um, so there's some ideas. It is still a real thing. So check it out. So I wonder if there is a way. For us to donate processing power for more pizza, um, or passively earn bitcoins, or mm, you know, any passively, of- can I passively <laughs> power pepperoni at home? <laughs> so, I <laughs> uh, want to give a shout out to our good friend Slice on Broadway, fueling us uh, with the uh, uh, supporting uh, Pittsburgh podcasting with the perfect pepperoni pizza uh, for so long now. Thank you so much to them for uh, uh, getting feeding the people that come in. Like Kenny, help you grab a slice here before you head out. Absolutely. I know you popped right in before the beginning of the show here. Uh, they're right here in Beachview, the original, the OG, the broad on the Broadway Avenue, hence the name Slice on Broadway, right along the tracks here. The only place you can find the active tracks in a train operating in pittsburgh um land of a thousand trolley cars previously also down on main street in carnegie and uh their location at pnc park home of pittsburgh pirates check them out great guys down there and girls um i know uh you know some of our uh, friends and fans of the show have been partaking in it and uh and and just want to make sure we're supporting them slice on broadway.com pgh underscore slice on the twitter and slice on broadway on the facebook and the instagram check out some of their pizza artistry on those formats so thank you so much to them do, do you have any do you have any insider information and, and news leaks of when the online ordering's coming i do not <laughs> no i do not but i saw i'm getting vip club emails now so uh that's that's fantastic listen these guys these guys make sure they're listen these guys are like are like the apple of pizza okay they will do it and they will do it right when they've got it down right so um but and they'll switch up your ports and dongles every two years why is the pepperoni on the underside of the pizza i don't get this i'm I'm sorry this pizza is incompatible with your previous model of like cardboard box tough luck you've got to buy an adapter i'm gonna skip it (laughs) you you now have to order all pizza with a minimum of two toppings Jeez. Um, anyways, I, I think what, the big question is that I get a lot from Bobby F. J. Town, our friend Wheels is in the chat room every week down there in California, PA, is when are we going to be able to fax them pizza? Because they're not <laughs> in the area. They want to check it out. They're in Johnstown. They're in California, PA. And even our friends that do listen to these shows, and especially the wrestling show in California, in Texas, up in New York, uh, around New York City. Uh, but I can tell you there's a story in the rundown. Our boy Brandon put this in there. Uh, we are that's that one big step closer to it because you can share the taste of lemonade through <laughs> the internet. Through the internet. Um, apparently, they are using electrodes to transmit the flavor of lemonade. It takes the pH balance and everything, uh, and it communicates that in a like it's a it's a glass of lemonade on the other end, right? Uh, that that they've kind of flavored with electrodes is 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 that right? Am I am I getting that right? Hold on, Miss has d- dived into this one. Yeah, uh, pretty much what it is is you, the person who actually has the lemonade on on their end puts a device into the lemonade it's and blue. it figures out the the chemical what what makes up the lemonade, what makes it taste the way that it tastes, and then it connects through the internet. And the person on the other end has a receiver for, for that for that specific information, and it looks like it's a specially adapted glass that he's using. So once it picks up the 
message, the signal from from the person who actually has the lemonade, he clicks on it and then it changes. Not necessarily, it's it's not the chemical, it's more the electric, like how it stimulates your taste buds Mm -hmm. to make it taste like lemonade. Like the Bluetooth icon flavor received. (laughs) Yes, and it... The glass has like color filters that so you can mi- change colors. So even though you're drinking what tastes like lemonade, mm-hmm. you can have it kind of look yellow so it looks like lemonade. But technically, it's still water. It just has. So it's like flavored water. But it's not really flavored. It's just the stimulation that the machine has done is just making your taste buds think that it tastes like lemonade. But it's not really. Could you lemonade. imagine? That's could weird. you imagine if you could do this with beer and Doug? Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> Should I drink? into thinking you're sending him beer over the internet. Oh, jeez, can't wait! To, <laughs> can't wait to catch that. Oh, um, on a local look, speaking of our local friends and beer and, and such, there is a very interesting new Kickstarter from uh, somebody I think a lot of us are are fans of here on this show. Uh, Rick Seaback has a Kickstarter called Nebby. <laughs> Rick Seaback's Tales of Greater Pittsburgh, and of course, if you're you're a Pittsburgher, you know of his uh, wonderful specials on the on uh, you know PPS QED about Pittsburgh. Um, so uh, he he wants to you know they they have support of course from the Buell Foundation that usually gives them a lot of support for these things. Um, but he wants to do some more series. Uh, wants to try a different kind of funding. They're already about halfway to well, a little less than halfway to their goal of one hundred thirteen thousand dollars. This has been going for a day or two, I think. Um, so he wants to produce six new thirty-minute television programs. Uh, they they put some ideas of shows he wants to do, but they're, it's kind of not finalized, so they can add a little bit. Of variety and and you know as they do uh they'll set out doing one show and find out they're doing a different show or have enough to do a different show if you look into the back oh wait and look at look at rick's office here too holy hell i th- i don't feel so bad about what's behind this wall now uh but <laughs> uh but there you go uh he's got a you know the usual uh uh bits of uh you know you can, you can get a button you can get a dvd you can digital downloads and everything like that uh they look to have these um you know finished by i think i said maybe the first one by the end of summer and then and then have all of them uh released and finished by the end of the year yeah um if, if you listen through it's it's actually kind of fun because we've done a lot of Kickstarter stories for, for Awesome Cast. And it was kind of interesting with this one because when I watched the video, it was just like he was doing one of his specials. So it was one of his talk things. And he was talking about some of the amazing things that he wants to do and the projects that he's trying to do to be funded through this Kickstarter project. Mm-hmm. And in in, you know... It's kind of a, you know, PPS is already, you know, uh, supported by patrons and everything like that. Adding in a Kickstarter element absolutely makes sense. And especially somebody like him that has that fan base that already donates or is kind of um, attuned to donating for content like this. Um, I I think it's absolutely smart to do this. Well, and the other cool thing that I like about it is one of the biggest supporters of the arts, especially locally here, is the Buell Foundation. Mm -hmm. So if you look at a lot of the stuff that's put out through PBS, it's funded in part by the Buell Foundation. And the video that he does specifies that, yeah, they were one of the the donors that actually put money toward the Kickstarter. So they're they're still contributing to it. And I think it opens that aspect for kind of a mixed platform for different people to get involved with it. Mm-hmm. So I can say that I've funded something that was also funded by the Buell foundation and it's Rick Seaback. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's Pittsburgh. It's, it's amazing. You really can't beat that. Can you? No. So go check it out. Now I'm wondering, so you said they have some money from the Buell foundation, but I was wondering if that was included in the Kickstarter Monday. I feel like, I feel like that's separate. That very well I could be, be wrong because you because I think it's because a lot of times they're like, hey, you know, here's money that we can contribute, and they had said, you know, we're looking for a new way to bring revenue in uh, for this as well. Yeah, so, but the idea of of being hmm. able to kind of take both of both of those platforms, you know, so it's a traditional fundraising as well as a new fundraising, and they're being merged together to support local arts. Absolutely. 
So definitely go check it out. Uh, cool little uh, uh, local, very local, um, you know, and you know, Kickstarter there too. So uh, uh, Kenny, do, do, do you follow? Are you, you know the work see back? He, oh, he's of had a, oh, actually, you've you've done a couple events with him. Now I think about it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, um, done events with the Buell, Buell Foundation too. Mm-hmm. Um, as a Northside resident, they're a big. Um, uh, they essentially spearheaded the One North Side Initiative um, that's coming up on two years, uh, bringing together a bunch of community um, leaders and taking on things like education, employment, um, housing, and yeah, other uh, other challenges and opportunities on on the North Side. So Beale Foundation's been been a great supporter of all sorts of um, Pittsburgh endeavors, arts and otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, another story for that was contributed here by uh, Andy Quayle that was on the show last week, Techberg, of course. And uh, a little girl mistakes the wa- a water heater for a robot and <laughs> gives it a hug. Uh, so I don't know oh. what state this is. Is this a? Uh, well, I'm gonna scroll it up here so you guys can see it. Uh, Shilla, Shilla, are you teaching your kids <laughs> not to hug strange water coolers in the wild? I, I yeah, I haven't run across the need to do that but maybe i should start thinking about making sure christopher isn't hugging random water coolers and water heaters and, and just random inanimate objects <laughs> just, just be like listen listen not all robots are bad but you shouldn't hug any one of them right i she says i love you and welcome to earth <laughs> 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 oh geez old water heaters need love too so <laughs> That's great. Thanks. There you go. What what is it doing out there? It's probably out for trash or something. Oh, so okay. it's like it, one it last hug before yeah. before it goes out. It's like it's like Wally at that point. So um, and also uh, Bobby Cherry who also needs to be back on the show now. I think about it. send Bobby Cherry a message. Get him booked on the show. <laughs> uh, there is a bar, a pop up bar in DC that people are waiting to get into with a Super Mario theme to it. Look at this thing. It's got uh, the, the blocks and the clouds and the pipes hanging from the ceiling. It's, it's really cool looking. So if you're into Mario things, hit this up. Hey, Jim Loki, we might be crashing on your couch to check this out. Uh, so that's cool. That's real cool. A lot of uh, <laughs> pings on the wall, some thwomps in the corner. There's a golden Mario sticking out of the pipe. That's cool. I love these themed things like this. I wonder if they're like official Mario, uh, the Nintendo uh, licensed. But uh, Cherry Blossom, Cherry Blossom Pub, uh, Pub is the uh, name of the, the the establishment down there. So, um, Missy, tell me about this. Uh, uh, there's an origami robot that NASA put out. Mm. Yes, um, this this was a video that actually popped up in my Facebook feed. And it was this cute little robot that kind of folds itself over and under to get under objects and up over objects. So I dove into it a little bit further than just looking at it and saying, oh, cute robot, I want one. Uh, apparently NASA is doing this. And they're talking about, the, the article actually is, origami-inspired robot can hitch a ride with a rover. So this is a smaller little creature that can help them map out terrain and kind of figure out different things that it's small enough that it can do things that the, the Rover can't. Um, it's also kind of cool because the video shows they have a glass plate that's a few inches off the ground and it can roll. It can fold itself to roll under it. And then on the other side, it kicks its wheels back up and they have like wide grip. So it actually rolls up on top of the glass plate as well. So it's a pretty good demonstration that it can go under things as well as over them in order to get a, a nice broad picture of, of what's going on with it. That's awesome. So now, so it, so this is, this is something that's probably going to go up on the next Mars mission or something. Yeah. That's what it sounds, sounds like. like. Yeah. So. Was, was this, um, was Robert Lang involved in this at all? Uh, I think there's, um, or there's a guy who's been doing, um, you know, commercial and aerospace origami applications for some like 25 years. Um, and you know, some of the, the solar panel type things and the fold out spacecraft, 
Um, a lot of those were designed by him. I think he's got a PhD in this in, yeah. or, in origami. I, I don't see. I, I just did a quick search, and I don't think I, I didn't see his name in the article. Okay. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I didn't but, recall seeing a name when I was reading through it. Either. And it's called it's called a puffer. Yeah, it's called a puffer. The puffer, robot's okay. called a puffer. So if you want to look uh, up, it, more it's the pop-up flat-folding explorer robot. So that's where puffer actually stands for something. It's not <laughs> the fact that it just like mm-hmm. puffs in and puffs out. Uh, but cool. yeah, it's it's really cool. They've been testing it in the Mojave Desert. And the snowy hills of the Antarctica to kind of give you a, an idea of what they're looking at for oh, where oh. they've been testing it. Look at the little guy. <laughs> yeah, he's super adorable. Sitting there, it's a little tiny thing. Oh. So that's cool. I like where, where there's a lot of awes going on for inanimate objects today. <laughs> Being hugged by little kids and 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 such. Uh, so uh, there is a new iOS uh, for you guys uh, on on that platform. Uh, there's also a new Android, actually, now I think about it. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Chilla, I think I'm going to defer to you. Uh, can you I, – I, I know you have an article in here about one, uh, but you got you, you got to have something for us about uh, the new Android as well, right? Like, what, <laughs> what are we looking out for when, on Android O? So, so Android O, one of the big things, they're, they've totally changed the way they do their backgrounds app tasks so mm-hmm. if you're if you're familiar with the changes they just made to chrome where chrome tabs get it's like one percent uh cpu to help limit battery consumption in the browser they're taking that same theory not the exact same technology but the same theory to a lot of their apps on the android platform so in today's world on android if you launch an app and put it in the background it can do, kind of do whatever it wants they definitely want to compete in the battery realm. So they're actually taking and making it where they're going to put apps to sleep. If you, if you think about how Apple does this, they do this through um, applications can only live for, for 10 minutes in the background. And then after 10 minutes, they're, they're put to sleep. And the only way to wake them up is through background app refresh. I want to say that's the reason that we were seeing this beta so early in, in this year, usually we don't see this till after Google I.O. Um, and we're seeing this uh, month and change early. Um, so to me, that's the biggest change that I've read. Um, there changes some things that you can do with, with taking notification prompts and grouping them based on um, app types. Like if you're, you're a game app or a technology app or a news app, um, you can do some some notification bundling with your other apps, but the the biggest one I'm seeing coming out of Android O for right now is the the battery and background processing. Personally, I think this is a differentiator that that Android people like about Android. So I'm interesting to I'm interested to see what the consumer response is um, when it comes to this type of, of implementation that that Androids that Google is doing. And is there going to be a kind of any what's what's the rules and regulations around it on, on iOS? If you're a, a music app, a GPS app, um, trying to think, I think there's four of them. I can't remember what the other ones are off the top of my head. I think chat. Um, if you're any one of those apps, then you are allowed to keep running in the background with uh, limited um, CPU consumption. I, I don't know if how Android's going to handle. What are the exceptions to the role? Um, is it something you can turn off? Uh, things of that nature. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see with the beta starting earlier, are we going to see an earlier release? That's Typically we see their release in like November, December. Are we going to see a September release alongside iOS or something maybe even earlier? Or is this to give the devs additional opportunity to kind of rework their apps under under these new frameworks. All right, and uh, what's going on in iOS world? We got uh, you know new new iOS today was it or yesterday? <laughs> so t- yeah, ten three launched yesterday. With that came um, an, a whole new file system. So if you're familiar with file systems, um, your device will get an in place upgrade of its of its f- file system file system they were using in in the days before yesterday was based off a technology that was about 30 years old um so they've they've tuned this new file system for for modern disk and primarily uh solid state 
type technologies. Um, and it, obviously, Apple releases all their OS updates in tandem. So Mac OS got an update. It brought Night Shift, which I have an interesting take on if we want to do some some gold content. Um, and then, of course, in true fashion of Apple, they released their new OS yesterday and today all of the betas for the next version are out. So I feel like I'm in a perpetual life of beta. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, um, they overlap pretty well for you, don't they? Yeah, that, and then when you get to, when I look at the Windows platform and what they're doing with their with their fast ring, slow ring, um, usually they're within a week of release. Windows is releasing a new one. So it'll be interesting to see what Google does. Um, and I think Google has kept up with their beta program as well. Um, I think they're on seven one one to the public seven two in beta or something like that, and they're slating their next uh, feature update in the beginning of April, and I'm sure we'll see an immediate beta right after that. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to see how all the major manufacturers or, or or companies that are deploying these OSs and building them out are allowing their the consumers as, as a definite test bed. And I I can't remember there was some extraordinary number of Microsoft said that we're, we're involved in their, their preview program and they've extended that preview program beyond just laptop and desktop. You can also be on multiple various rings for Xbox. So as there is the, the windows platform rolls out across all the different devices and architectures, they're giving you that ability to test across all those platforms. Awesome. Awesome, and we'll de- we'll deep dive into some of those aspects on the uh, Awesome Cast Gold. If you guys are joining us on the five dollar level on Patreon dot com slash Awesome Cast, you can get some more information on that. So, with that, we got a lot of events coming up here, and Missy's got them for us here in the Pittsburgh area. Okay, uh, yeah, some events coming up in the next week or so. Uh, we've got the Uprise Community Showcase event on the thirtieth, and that's at the Senator John Hines History Center, and that's brought to us by PGH Tech Meetup. There is the Where is Black Tech in Pittsburgh. That's on April 1st with Kalani Cook from Warcard Pittsburgh. A friend of the awesome cast. We have an awesome chat with her talking Academy Pittsburgh. And that will be over at the shop in Homewood. Uh, We have an introduction to electronic sensors class. That's brought to us by our friends over at Hack Pittsburgh. And that's going to be on April 1st as well. Uh, We have the Biz Women Mentoring Monday. That's coming up on April 3rd. That's at the Fairmont Pittsburgh, and we have the Papa 20 World Championships on April 5th. We've uh, had some discussions with them in the past here, and that's uh, brought to us by our friends at ReplayFX and Papa. We also have a Tech Happy Hour on April 5th at Mario's East Side Saloon, brought to us by the uh, Pittsburgh Tech Meetup. Now, as far as our own events are coming up, uh, we have our boot camp automating your social media on April 19th at the Beachview Library over here. And that that's our PodCamp Pittsburgh folks. And we have an evening with PodCamp, the social media of politics panel that we're putting together for April 26th. And that's going to be at our favorite place over in Allentown. Last thing I had to get to do before I jump on a plane to California. <laughs> Talk politics Fantastic. and how crazy things are on social media with and it. And I'll yes. sit with it for five hours on a plane afterwards. Yes. So. <laughs> Can I throw some events on that list? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah? Okay, cool. So um, I think a few of them are, are associated with the city's Inclusive Innovation Week. Mm-hmm. I think there's close to 80 events that are happening between March 31st and April 7th. Um, and okay. so, you know, the where's black tech in, in Pittsburgh, um, ones, um, I'm involved in two of them. Um, uh, they're on, let's see, uh, April 3rd, that same Monday, um, a local startup called involvement, um, that also, you know, works out of work hard Pittsburgh. Um, we have a community engagement, um, events where we're featuring, I think five or six different local businesses and, and nonprofits, um, just getting community members to share resources and ideas. Um, and another one at Ascender on the morning of April 7th uh, from 8.30 to 10, that's a, um, you know, we're calling it Pitching for Impact, um, best practices for, uh, best practices and opportunities for communicating your cause. Um, it's 
uh, we've got eight different organizations that do pitch competitions and offer uh, usually you know uh, funding mm-hmm. um, as a as a prize. And each of those eight organizations will do a short mini lesson um, on a best practice or set of tips or approach to pitching. Um, uh, yeah, pitching effectively. Um, and oh man, there's there's so much going on um, over the course of this week. It's it's incredible. Um, I, is it is are they listed like are the events because I know there was a social innovation or yeah there was a uh, inclusive innovation website for the city. Mm-hmm. Are are all events listed on that? Yeah, there's an events calendar that I think you can search if you just do inclusive innovation week Pittsburgh events calendar or something like that. It it pops up. Um, oh, and one more fun one, which I think is relevant here, the Steel City Code Fest, mm-hmm. which I've been a fan of. Um, you know, I think they've been doing this for three or four years, uh, but essentially like a week long, it's become a week long hackathon. It used to be a, a, just a weekend where they get different nonprofit or public sector um, initiatives mm-hmm. um, pulled in and each of them issue challenges. I think there's usually eight to, to 12 of these challenges. And then they bring together um, you know, teams of software developers, um, just coders as, as a whole. Um, even if people don't have experience, uh, they can still apply their business or design knowledge uh, to it. And then they try to come up with the best solution they can over the course of that week. And um, I think the Forbes funds puts up uh, some grants afterwards where um, even teams that don't necessarily win, if they have a good solution, the Forbes funds will fund the continued development of that technology. And so involvement was actually one of the beneficiaries of that last year. Mm. So highly recommended for anyone who's interested in that space. Looking forward to that. I've been hearing about involvement for a while now, and it's uh, it's good to see them coming to you know kind of a like public well beta at least uh, uh, fruition here. So it's mm-hmm. awesome. And I'll be sure to get a list, or at least where I can find some of those after the show, so that we oh, can sure thing. list them out in our weekly newsletter as well. Mm-hmm. Great, awesome. Check them out. Check them out. All right. Uh, well, with that, thank you, Kenny Chen, for joining us here. And uh, check out what Ascender PGH, mm-hmm. right? Uh, is it AscenderPGH.com? Dot com, right? Wow, off the top of my head. Uh, so, and then you gave us everything going on with you uh, already. <laughs> so, thank you so much for that. And of course, uh, if you can't see it on the uh, title, uh, at Kenny Chen without the E's. Exactly. On the Twitter and hit you up. So, what can people hit you up about? Uh, oh, about uh, on my end? Oh, geez. Uh, if people want to s- throw a hackathon or a startup weekend competition, um, let's see. I'm still very involved with the Artificial Intelligence X Prize. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got eight teams from Pittsburgh that are competing in that, um, uh, which is actually more than any other country outside of North America, which is pretty awesome. Um, and so the X Prize folks are coming back uh, to Pittsburgh on May 10th and 11th. We'll probably have an event or two during that time. Um, uh, Let's see. We have stuff happening all the time for a sender. If people um, need an event space or you know want to want to work with us on a really cool initiative, um, we're definitely happy to to do that. Um, the Pittsburgh Entrepreneurs Forum, um, which recently rebranded from the what used to be the MIT Enterprise Forum, which existed for close to thirty years, um, uh, we've got um, a a lot more events as well. Uh, there's a, I think the next one is Pitch Fest, um, an annual event that we do where we get about 20 companies or organizations to to pitch for prize money on April 25th. Um, and uh, Social Venture Partners, for any nonprofits out there, um, Social Venture Partners is going into its second cohort of uh, of a nonprofit accelerator, so it's a three month program, and we've current we just brought in our five um, organizations that are going through uh, that process, and um, and we'll see you know how well this this network of cross sector professionals can help to move their initiatives forward, and we'll have a few public events um, that are happening over the course of that time, where people can follow along um, on social media and whatnot i'll i'll leave it at that for now i could go on <laughs> that's a, a good list so and of course john chachilla at chilla on the twitter chilla tech.net 
Chilla photo on the DeviantArt. John Chill on the Facebook. Come talk to me about technology, mobility, um, online gaming. Let the let's play. And of course, uh, Missy, Missy Sorgan, Rebellious Flaw, BiteMePGH.com. She's doing some fantastic things. We just had a may have had a good meeting today. So <laughs> yeah, I'm going to spin my little spinner over here to see which hat I'm wearing at the moment. Yes, uh, we're going to be pushing the PodCamp Pittsburgh stuff. So obviously, that's something you want to keep your eye on. Um, some really fun stuff coming up with that. Our, our monthly boot camp sessions at the library, all that fun jazz. Mm-hmm. PodCampPittsburgh.com. Awesome. And of course, please check out everything at SorgatronMedia.com. We got a whole network of the shows you might be interested in. And of course, links to everything else we got going on with Sidekick Media Services and IndieWrestling.us. And check out everything at AwesomeCast.net. All those things going on. Support us on Patreon and uh, our, support our good friends uh, Slice on Broadway. Uh, thank you to our awesome chat room. You've been our awesome audience. Have an awesome week. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.